Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'll redirect to Charlie, because she seems like a bitch that can take it. What? 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 Tell me. My raging. <laughs> she's, like, telling me she's not over what I've done in the past. I'm like, I've lived 100 well, lifetimes. she just raged about me on a f***ing podcast, and we were cool before that, so I don't know what the hell's going on. You're f***ing out of nowhere. No, that's not true that it came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. No, it didn't, Ariana. I'll tell you what the I podcast was like... about. I talk sh- a lot because I wear my okay. emotions on my sleeve. You're so what am aggressive. I doing now? Oh my God. Wearing my emotions on my sleeve. Here you f***ing go. Are right? you going to let me talk or are you just going to keep bumping your f***ing I'll do whatever the f*** I feel like. Well, I, don't I will do whatever the f*** I feel like. Then right now, okay. this is not the situation I want to be in. Get with it, bitch. No, I think it really hurt her feelings. Yeah. I mean, it would hurt my feelings too. We have been so surfaced, Ariana. I haven't heard from you at all. Are you f***ing kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Hey all, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. How are we doing? Hope we're doing well. I can't believe I get to say these two words, three words, Vanderpump Rules Edition. Um, I'm just going to share some like just brief thoughts about the last episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because you can hear my full thoughts in conversation pretty soon. I think maybe even as soon as tomorrow with the girls over at the Reality Is podcast. So check them out. They're great, lovely ladies. And yeah, we'll be talking about that over there. Um, Just some just brief thoughts about like, what happened? What was that like daisy chain of, of compliments and just like, 
hyping Erica up like it was some sort of demented Brene Brown convention in which like Lisa Dorit and Kyle were just like you're doing it girl you're out there we love you you're amazing you're doing great I I can't even believe that we get to be blessed with your presence what was that it was weird (laughs) it was so weird that I cannot believe that Sutton and Garcelle just didn't break out in laughter during the several times in which that happened what was that what was that did you guys see kyle and kathy were on watch what happens live afterwards and (laughs) andy was introing a segment for kyle like a game segment and he his intro was so kyle you've never said anything to erica's face about how you really feel so (laughs) And then he, like, intros her, like, talking about how she feels about the Erica situation. Kyle made this face, like, you know, like, when it takes you a second to realize that you're, that somebody just read the fuck out of you. And it hits you. And you have to keep moving because technically he, well, not even technically, he is your boss. And this is a show. But most importantly, he's not wrong. (laughs) So you can't even say anything. I just love when people are just like, you know, give it up, girl. Give it up. Um, What other thoughts do I have? Something else that, that, you know, just obviously these women like navigating themselves through the, the sea of lies that Erica has been giving Sutton. This was maybe Sutton's best uh, episode I have to say of in her two seasons of being on the show of just being like where am I where am I it's like she and Garcella are the Alice Alice's in Wonderland who've just been dropped into this like land of of what the hell is this what happens in San Diego because I have questions um what else did I want to talk about before we get into Vanderpump rules um there was something, and I forgot it. <laughs> <clears throat> I remembered Sutton versus Erica. First of all, I just want to talk about just the absolute physical comedy of <laughs> Sutton trying to heave her way step by step with the assistance of multiple people in order to get onto that boat. But before she gets on the boat, she and Erica kind of hang it back from the rest of the group and have a little conversation. And essentially, Erica... Um, you know, tries to make nice and says, hey, we can be cordial. We can be fine with each other. Like, I just, you know, don't want to make it awkward for everybody else. And then in a confessional, she says something along the lines of like, even though I hate her, like, I'm just going to be nice with her. And I just want to propose, and this will be my final thought. Let's just all reflect on that. And I'm going to put it out there and just, you know, let me know how you feel. Um, I believe that Erica clearly made a pivot because she was way more open. She's way more vulnerable. I even saw a couple people tweet that they found her likable this episode. Um, I'm going to hang back on that opinion, but I think what happened with this like mea culpa or uh, I don't know, a treatise treaty between Erica and Sutton Here's one thing that you can say about Erica is that she knows she's much like Jax in this way. Follow me, you guys. You can say a lot about Jax, perpetual liar, 
weirdo, sweaty. Uh, what's with the, the multiple nose jobs and boob jobs? Corn. What's about that? Um, what's wrong with him? Can he read? You know, all the things. Um, but when you, what you can say is that there are several times in which Jack's understood what was going on with everybody else before anybody else even picked up on it. He told the truth about Katie and Tom's relationship. There were several times where he like was making points about other people's behavior. And I think deep down under all of that cocaine and, you know, fried Hormel frozen dinners, he sees people and he recognizes things that some people don't. And I think Erica also recognizes when she's got a good bullshit meter, right? And I think she knows that deep down Sutton is right. She knows that Sutton didn't technically do anything wrong and that maybe there's even a point in her that thinks, you know, she knows that Sutton is going to be received well by us. Right. So I think that this like come to Jesus moment that they had was not really, I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't think Erica hates Sutton as much as she wants us to believe truly, truthfully. And I think that she understands what Sutton was doing. And I think she can kind of, uh, just let it go and brush it off. I, I really think that she understands that she is not going to be received well. And I think she understands that she needed to do that and have that moment with Sutton in order to humanize her a little bit. That's just my truth. If you guys don't agree, like I said, I'm putting it out there. If you want to send it back, feel free to do so. Uh, but don't freak out like James did. So let's talk about Vanderpump Rules. Um, I found this episode to be a solidly good episode. I found, listen, we're never going to get that back, back, that magic of like, remember when Jack sucks faith, right? It was never going to be that. Probably not. It's never, we're never going to get the like chaotic energy of that premiere episode. With that being said, I feel like everybody came there to work. Everybody knew what they were doing. Some of you understood the assignment. Um, and I, I found it to be, I didn't miss anybody. I didn't see, I didn't, wasn't like looking around the corner waiting for like Brittany to yuck her way into a situation. I wasn't concerned about, you know, Stassi and her skitty little ankles. I didn't care about Kristen, um, you know, throwing a drink in somebody's face probably. Like, I just didn't find that I was missing that. <laughs> Certainly didn't miss Dana or Max or whatever the other one was, the other hot dog. Um, I found this to be a pretty good episode and I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. And that's my truth. We start off the episode with like a kind of an intro before we really get into it. It's the trailer, the teaser that we've all seen, if you watched it before the season aired of, you know, what's left of the cast talking about how great things are and how they've grown up and, you know, cutting to immediate footage about how it's the, you know, diametrical opposite of the case, right? Um, I'm pretty sure the last time I did an episode that was at all Vanderpump Rules related was about, you know, 
it was it was like a one to two minute clip a one to two minute clip entitled baby corn if you want to look back at it I think it's literally very close to a year from that episode in which I was just like absolutely gobsmacked by the eventual spawn of one Brittany and and Jason Couchy so I'm glad to be here I'm so thrilled um the real episode begins with Lisa um you know giving us her finest Reno magician outfit with the blue tie that was a little bit loose and and the black power suit and I think she might think that she's giving us Diane Keaton but what she's really doing is giving us a Diane Keaton impersonation outside of man's Chinese theater. And I just wish that she would stop. Why is she doing that? Like at this point, it feels like it's personal to me. And like, she's forcing me to watch her in these hideous. What is she, what is she trying to do? I don't get it. I don't know. Anyway, she's there with Richardson. You know, we spot a black, you know, it, <laughs> you know what Vanderpump Rules said? Hey guys, we're not going to give you a black main cast member, but what we will give you is Richardson, AKA black Peter, somebody I'm sure we'll probably not see again. Um, unless you look really closely in the background for the rest of the season. Um, there's a quick scene of Lala trying breast milk and then putting it into a coffee mug. And I rebuke that not because I don't think that like women shouldn't be trying their own breast milk. Like I don't feel whatever, do what you want. I just rebuke Lala in general. And that's how I feel. We get the little buggy of Tom and Tom visiting Lisa and Ken at Tom Tom. And Lisa points out that you guys are the only two that don't, didn't have babies during quarantine. And in a confessional, Schwartz talks about how he and Katie, you know, use this lockdown to put in a concerted effort into having a baby for two months. For two months, they, they had their little, um, you know, calendar, the little clock, the little app that told them when he should be socking it to her. And they, they did that. They, they probably had sex a good, I'm going to say maybe, maybe three, three and a half times. So it seems like they've given that up. I don't really want to like get into people's fertility and like what's happening. But later in the episode, they did have a conversation. Katie and Tom say like, we're, because we're not having babies, I want to be involved in this restaurant. And I'm just curious. It just seems like they're dancing around it. And I just feel like we're not, it's not our business. But I feel like if you're hinting at it, it's not unfair of me to just have some curiosities and some questions about that. So are they having a kid? Are they not? Can they not? I don't know. I hope that they get whatever they want. Like, I really don't fuck with Katie, to be honest with you. But like, am I going to sit here and say like, she shouldn't have a kid? Of course not. Like, whatever. Like, do what you want. Where am I going with this? <laughs> I, I just found it very, a very curious thing to say. Um, so they're treading a little bit lightly with Ken and Lisa because they're going to be opening their own restaurant and they don't know if Ken and Lisa are aware. Okay. Well, they are aware and they're also very supportive. Just, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> like, it's not like you guys have a contract set up. It's not like you guys have a non-compete. Um, Tom and Tom are basically chasing them to sign any bit of paper to tie them to Tom Tom. So I feel like they're not really in a position to care 
because they barely wanted Tom and Tom involved in the restaurant to begin with. Lisa asks about what the vibe of the bar is going to be and Sandoval says that it's going to be like the light artist James Terrell goes to his grandma's house and takes acid. And I'm here for that. I I would like to hear what that would be like. Just promise me this, Sandoval and Schwartz, if you hear me, please find anybody but Nick Elaine anyone else but Nick Elaine to to get this bar. I can't, I can't, I can't with the clocks. I'm done with the ornate, uh, chandelier system. Uh, so many clocks. Why are there so many clocks? Like flavor fave found dead. He could possibly never, I, I we're done. No more wrought iron. I really liked the idea, the concept of a double decker, um, like booth that people could be on like a second floor. I would like to see more of that. I would like to know what that's like. Um, Tom is somebody, Sandoval, is somebody who is definitely a dreamer. I would like to be, I would like to know what his sign was. He definitely has like big dreams and big aspirations that I would imagine is both like incredibly attractive and also probably annoying at times, but he seems to get things done and you know, I'm attracted to Tom Sandoval. That's, That's where I'm getting I'm I'm trying to walk around it and I just want to say that like Tom I you know was dipping in and out of his Instagram over the past year and he's like one of the very few people who ended up looking better during the pandemic and that's infuriating but it's also hot like I like to see it I like to look at it I like the mustache that he's giving and you know maybe that's <clears throat> maybe that's because in my personal life uh, there's a mustachioed man <laughs> excuse me. Um, but I like it, you know, I like it. Um, and he looked really hot on watch what happens live. So thank you, Tom Sandoval. Anyway, um, Sandoval wants to call the bar Schwartz and Sandy's Schwartz and Katie, you know, they don't like it. They don't, they don't like the name. And do I like the name? I don't hate it. I don't think it's like so terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, Katie and and Ariana are friends now, but it's sort of weird because Tom Sandoval and Katie are not friends. Something that I have always, for years, have been asking for us to really unpack. And now that we're we've gotten rid of all that riffraff, this is what I want to see. I want to know why there's always been this level of discord between them. I just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm really ready to unpack that. And I'm, I'm really excited. I know a lot of people thought that like, we're, we're looking forward to this being Katie's big year to come out of her shell and to really shine now that the darkness of Stassi and Casey, Katie are gone. But I'm just, I'm more excited about this. Why don't I like Katie? (laughs) Is it because I just like, to, why don't I like Katie? I'll have to come back on that. I'll have to come back with that. I think people give her more credit because they're like, oh, she's just mean because of uh, her friends and, and because Stassi. And like, that's not like an excuse, you know, <laughs> that doesn't endear me to her. Like that's weak bitch behavior. That's beta. Right. And so I don't get it, but whatever. <clears throat> Anyway, after her conversation with the two Toms, Lisa and her, that outfit, pump it over to Sir to, I don't know, trick 
Raquel and Charlie into thinking there are quarters behind their ears or something. Who's to say? Um, Lisa and Raquel talk about James and Raquel is really advertising for James, advocating for him about how he's almost two years sober, how when she laid it on the line and gave him a uh, an ultimato, if you will, that he really stuck to it. And, you know, he's like a Demi Lovato, a California sober. He smokes weed every day, but he has not been drinking. And she's just so proud of him and wants the best for him. Um, speaking of James, he later has to sit down with Lisa and he's, you know, doing what we expect of James. That I'm a good little boy. I want to start DJing again. Please, mommy, let me DJ. Um, and Lisa first asks him about, you know, respect, boundaries. And James is like, yes, I hear you. I've heard everything you said. You're absolutely right. I see it all very clearly now. And I would just feel horrible, you know, like, the way I treated Raquel and the way I've treated other people, I will never do again. And I would feel horrible if I did it in the future. And Lisa says, that's very interesting and picks up her phone. And we get just a, a litany of fat phobic <laughs> text that James sent her son, Max, like a, just a classic tequila Katie style rage text. So here are the following messages. You're fat. Nobody likes you. That's one. Two, you're a miserable time and you always have been. Three, you come outside, you fat prick. All I can think about is how fat you look. Honestly, fuck you. You're a prick. <laughs> so I guess that's going well for him. Um, apparently what had happened was James and, James and Max went to Dan Tana's steakhouse and James wanted to split a salad he sent the order in and Max told him he didn't want to split the salad because it was going to cost like 10 bucks for them to split the plates. So from my understanding, James tried to go back and cancel the order, but then Max told him, no, don't do it because that's going to be more work for the waitress. And then James is like, I just paid $45 for a chicken Parmesan. She can do her job. Um, you know, for somebody who worked in the restaurant business for some, quite some time, I, I, um, am absolutely shocked by James's lack of professionalism because I never worked in the restaurant industry. Like I, I, in high school, I worked at a bakery and that's the extent of my restaurant history, uh, history, but it was like, you know, one of those lunch and breakfast places that closes at like four, you know, um, not real waitressing. So I was always under the impression that waiters and waitresses have some sort of like code in which you guys respect each other because you know what it's like. And that was not what I was hearing from James. Okay. Like imagine, I imagine, imagine <laughs> James. Do you guys think that James tips? Well, I bet he doesn't. I really bet he doesn't. Um, so what happened after that? is that James decides to dip his fingers into his water and uh, give Max a little baptism in order to, in his words, wake him up. So Max got up, um, you know, asked him if he wanted to uh, engage in fisticuffs. And then James gets up and the outdoor heater, one of those tall outdoor heaters, fell right before them because of their fight. And then James said that he ran away. 
Imagine being a guest or another patron, a fellow patron at Dantana's when that happens. <laughs> wow. Did anybody else find it incredibly strange how LVP reacted? Like, I've always kept my eye on her with regard to her relationship with her kids. Like, what is the girl's name? Pandora is truly the Prince William and Max is the Harry, right? I mean, like, it seems like Pandora gets everything, a uh, house, a successful business, and Max gets to um, pick up plates, dirty plates. He still gets to bus. Has he even been upgraded to waiter yet? <laughs> like, my God. I just kind of like, I don't have a kid, but I feel like if anybody called my child a fat cunt over and over, I wouldn't be trying to like negotiate and navigate a reconciliation between them. Like either this storyline is fake or Lisa doesn't give a fuck about her kid when it comes to her child and the television show. Both of things have uh, 50, I'm truly 50-50 on which of the options she's taking. Like, at one point she said that Max has been the only person who's been by James's side all of these years, and so she feels like this is a relationship worth saving. But who would it be saving? James? <laughs> it would only be saving James because Max has basically been his whipping boy this whole time. What is it, What is in this relationship for Max? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't get it. So finally, we're back. Oh, God. Back with Sheena. Our lovely... Shishu, just back with the, the canvases, gone are the days of, of Mike Shea. But what remains is a very large Australian man and a baby. I love that when they're talking about the origins of their love story, Sheena and Brock both kind of admit that really all it took for Sheena to fall in love with him is the fact that he had an accent and he was, like, kind of hot, and he was able to do that, like, dirty dancing lift-over-the-head move. <laughs> She's a simple woman with simple needs, and I'm here for it. And you, I know that you guys think that I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. I, I'm genuinely here for it. <laughs> I love Sheena, unabashedly. And I feel the same way about Raquel. Like, they're just simple women, and I just, like, they're, they're harmless, right? And I, I just, I want the best for Sheena. I really do. Do I think this relationship is going to work? Mm. I, I think it works for now. And she, let's be real. She is a gorgeous bet baby. Beautiful. Stunning. Best looking Vanderpump baby by, by quite a long time. Although I guess the other ones aren't technically, I don't want to put baby and baby against each other. They, they, they're going to go through enough being the spawn of these people's, you know, you know. Um, but that being said, the baby's beautiful. And that's all we can hope for. Con congratulations. Sheena says that she knows that this guy is not like the other ones. Um, the You know, the other ones that she said were also the one. De this one's definitely the one. Um, can we just talk about Brock's interview look real quick? Um, what the solid gold dancers was that? What? Wh <laughs> Where do you even get an outfit like that? What do you, you know, like I always talk about like Darcy and Stacy from 90 Day Fiance and, um, you know, like it seems like there's just like a magical wardrobe that nobody else can access but them and that's where they get their clothes. And I feel like it must have come from that, that mysterious magical shop because what was that? 
What was that? <laughs> um, so then we go to Lala's house. Shout out to you, my friend Shira, who said that because they did like just a quick shot of the outside of their house and Shira <laughs> said that it looks basically like Giselle's house. So like it looks like the L.A. version of Giselle's West Wing. And I I, I want to agree. I fully, fully agree. Um, Lala starts talking about how she has a new fetish for Randall um, drinking her breast milk, which is something that he refuses to do. And she says that she thinks it'll be hot. <sighs> Taking a breath. Um, so, you know, just like put it on the OnlyFans and leave us alone. You know, I, I've, I want to say that to a lot of people, but you know, just keep, I, I I'm <laughs> sex positive and BS negative <laughs> and I do whatever you want, but like, I just don't need to hear that. Like I said, put it behind a paywall and let your freak flag fly. I don't need to hear that. I don't want to. I don't like it. Thank you. Um, Katie comes over and Lala starts talking about how she was doing press for her book and how everybody can read her thoughts and how Randall freaked out because of her admission within her book that after a fight... She put his toothbrush up her butt. And I just feel like, again, put it in the OnlyFans, but also don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to be nervous about your book coming out because, girl, nobody read it. I don't know a single person who read it. Not even ironically. People, I know several people who read Kristen Doty's book. Remember Kristen Doty had a book? Yeah. I don't know a single person who read Lala's book. And we all had the time to do it, you know? It came out during the, the during an age of book reading. I don't know a single person who read that book. Not a one. Not a one. Um, so don't worry about that, girl. Um, oh, gosh. And then she says, she totally tries to make a joke about how, like, oh, every time I get pop, pissed off, Randall really uh, thinks twice before brushing his teeth. And then we get this quick uh, clip of Randall brushing his teeth. Sir, calm down. Calm down. He was really going at, like, I was concerned for his his gums and his enamel. Like, does he go to the dentist? Does he have any enamel left? He was really getting in there. We got to be careful with our teeth, guys. You know? And he's an older gentleman. So, it's, it's, you know, put your brush the wrong way and you're two stops from, uh, Dentureville, you know, I'm concerned. Anyway, we get back and forth scenes of Sheena talking to Brock and Katie and Lala talking about Sheena and Lala's relationship. Sheena's birthday is always about to come up. Something that is always, it should be a national holiday because every time, every time, if you want to go back and watch Vanderpump Rules, every time Sheena has a birthday, an engagement party, a wedding, some sort of event, drama happens and she ends up crying. And that's exactly what happens later. Um, So Lala and Sheena are not speaking to each other because Sheena had a miscarriage before um, getting pregnant again. She was going through it. She needed Lala in her time of need. She was upset. And Sheena says, you know, instead of being there for me, Lala had dinner with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. 
she was obviously very upset. And she's, here's what I had questions about. Is that I had heard about this drama. I don't listen to shenanigans, but I had heard that she had mentioned this on her show. But then Lala came back and was like, okay, but what about your man? Which is a great question. So when Sheena's retelling the story, she really glazes over the fact that like she looked at her phone to see where Brock was as she's actively having this miscarriage and he was golfing. So time out. <laughs> what I'm hearing is you're more mad at Lala for going to dinner than the guy who impregnated you for playing golf while you were miscarrying. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Lala then tells Katie that Sheena went on her podcast to talk about how Lala wasn't there for her. And then at that point, Lala started getting a bunch of messages that were really mean. And, and I guess somebody said, I hope that you miscarry Ocean. And in a confessional, Lala says that when that all went down, she was in the midst of like a serious hormonal depression. It sent her spiraling into a crazy place and she starts to cry. Despite all of this, Sheena decides to invite Lala to her birthday dinner anyway, and Lala decides to go, not because they're interested in being friends with each other, but because they have a show to film. Like, let's be real. Um, next, we see the winners, a.k.a. Tom and Ariana. They're in their beautiful home that everybody roasted last year for not having enough chairs, but now it looks way better than the staging furniture that everybody else bought. And the place is gorgeous. The bed? Ugh. I'm, I'm like obsessed with, cause I'm like trying to renew my, my bed space now. And I'm obsessed with like a Hunter Green moment. Ugh, I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed. Anyway, um, it's Sheena's birthday. Sheena calls Ariana and they even have like a whole coffee set up in their room. Ugh, I don't even drink coffee, but like I would drink coffee if the man next to me would just like, you know, it, that's really my OnlyFans stuff. I'll 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 leave it away. I'll I'll we're gonna avoid that anyway. Um, so Sheena and Ariana are on the phone, and Sheena's like, "Hey, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and Lala was the guest, and she had some things to say. So let's roll that clip. <laughs> How does she have the clip ready, <laughs> ready and and loaded to talk about this? So the host asks Lala 
what her relationship is like with Ariana. And Lala's like, well, it is what it is. Like, let's not pretend that you guys give a fuck about me. And like, I give a fuck about you. And Ariana is like, what the hell is she talking about? In a confessional, Ariana's like, if she doesn't give a fuck, excuse me, she says, I don't give a fuck about 99% of people, but I went out of my way to give a fuck about Lala, which we all know is true. We all know that when Lala first hopped onto the scene and she and James were the new kids in town, Katie, Kristen, and Stassi held this torch of calling her a whore and a gold digger and she fucks to get on private planes and I would possibly never. And then we all saw how that switched. And here's what I'm talking about. Here's, here's the thing that I'm really going to love and what I'm going to keep my eye out for. Lala <laughs> has really... Like, I've never seen anybody who is, well, since this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I've never seen anybody who's, like, really um, picked the wrong team. And I'm loving it. And I, like, she abandoned the fuck out of time in Ariana. The people who had become friends with her first when everybody was calling her a hoe. All manner of hoe, right? She left them because... Uh, uh, Jax and Brittany and Randall became friends and she you know suddenly Katie who said that she would the only, the next time she's going to be on a private plane is when she earns it herself well that didn't happen did it and here we see her on the on the PJ with with Lala and now Lala was so high on the hog with her friendship with Stassi and and Jax and Brittany and now where are they gone gone and now she's left with the people that she left and abandoned for what she perceived to be greener pastures. And now she's going to be lip syncing for her life for the rest of the season to try to, she's got no allies. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so funny to me. She could not have been, picked two worse people, the smartest people of the bunch to go up against. I'm so excited. <laughs> So Ariana's like, I was so vulnerable with her. I shared my feelings about my anxiety, the my abusive past. And, you know, she even let her have a, you know, a taste of uh, the, the Florida muffin. You know, not the Kentucky muffin, but the Florida one. Um, I love it. I love it. I'm going to put this in air quotes I, that I'm so excited for... Sandoval and Ariana to be the quote-unquote villains of the season the villain in really reality tv speak only because I'm on their side you know <laughs> no doubt about that I've I'm on the right side of history with these two and I just know that like anybody that they that comes up to them it's gonna be a wrap for them <laughs> and I just I'm, I'm really excited because I feel like for this whole series they have definitely stuck up for themselves in the past but there's always been like other people's bullshit that they've sort of like not skated by but like they've been able to escape the main stage of drama with the exception of last year, really. Well, I mean, Tom's really been in the thick of it. But also, like, even from... Even if we're going to go back to, like, season one and season two with, like, the stuff with Kristen and 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 Jax and all of that, like, Tom was still kind of on the background of the drama that directly involved him. But now, there's no other riffraff. 
and they can really come to play, and I'm here for it, because I think they've been ready, I think they've been waiting, and welcome to the stage, you guys. Happy, happy you're here. Tom tries to ask if maybe she thinks that Lala was, you know, she's doing promo for her book, and maybe she's just saying this to kind of have that, like, you know, the that moment that like to drum up some attention for her and ariana's like well okay you don't use me for that and i'm over being reasonable and chill like fuck her (sighs) music to my ears so next we're at lisa's house with max and his mullet and lisa's trying to tell max like hey baby like that sounded way more like dorit than lisa i don't know what that was but you know just to try and work it out with james like right now because James is like in the driveway and he's getting mic'd up. So um, they sit down and Max is like, from my perspective, James, all I did was tell you that they charge more to split a plate and then you lost it, which sounds way more realistic than James's retelling of the story. Max goes on to say that like he, James was acting so wild that he thought that maybe he was on drugs. And then James admits no, because we both took that pre-workout pill, okay? And I was feeling very alpha male, and it came out. <laughs> James. <laughs> You're blaming, relentlessly fat-shaming somebody on a damn multivitamin. <laughs> Never in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, I cannot. Uh, Lord, Lord help us. Now, I just want to say... That in the next few minutes, when I'm retelling what happens with James and Max, I will be laughing at everything that James said. But make no mistake, I am 1000% on Max's side. He did not deserve to be treated like that. He did not be deserve to have those words said to him. He's not fat. But even if he was, you don't say that to anybody. Um, but James is funny, okay? And, like, that's my bad. Like, I should be more mature and be able to look at this from a more objective way and not laugh, but I'm going to. So here's your warning. So Max is like, okay, we both took that pre-workout pill. You're the only one who acted that way. So why are you using it as a defense? (laughs) So Max again is like, okay, again, like why was I totally chill and you weren't? And James is like, well, you actually weren't very chill because you literally bummed me out over a $10 salad. And I'm just asking you to take like 5% responsibility. And Max is like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so Lisa tries to get James to calm down and says, you know, you really should listen to him. And James is like, well, it sounds like Max doesn't even want an apology for me. And Max is like, okay, let me break it down for you. Every time we've gone out and you've been drunk, it's escalated into you being belligerent. Like, do you understand how many times I've had to deal with you? And you slapped me in the face. And that was the last straw for me. And James says, well, you know, Max, I'm really sorry for what I said. And I didn't mean any of those things that I texted you. (laughs) And Max is like, okay, but do you understand how many times I've had to stick up for you? And James is like, well, yeah, you've already said that. (laughs) Is there anything else? And Max gets up and is like, you're an asshole. I don't want you at Sir. And James is like, well, why are you acting like this? I can feel your adrenaline from here. (laughs) Max is like, yeah, I'm really angry right now. (laughs) 
you know? <laughs> and then Max, or James is like, well, you're weak. He's being weak, Lisa. He's being weak. He's got wussy energy all over him. <laughs> Max is so pissed. He gets up and leaves. James is saying that he's a boring little boy, and he always has been. And somehow this leads into James crying about how he doesn't recognize Max anymore and how, how things aren't the same. And then, and only then, does he think, hey, maybe it's my actions that got me to this place. And I don't know why I say the things that I do. And I need to stop. Then and only then. There was a quick scene of Katie cutting Tom's hair and bringing up the fact that she wants to be involved in their new restaurant and then the here's you know who, who's got wussy energy all over them is Tom Schwartz okay he's he never really like tells the truth he's talking in this confessional about how Katie's not friendly she doesn't really like people he doesn't really understand how she could want to have this position because it would involve her being nice to people that she doesn't want to do and katie's talking about how she's got more restaurant um history and um experience than tom does and she should he should be grateful for that and it's just like girl what what's going on with pucker and pout okay if you want something to do hit that blog baby Pay GoDaddy the $7 for the year and get to typing. Get to typing. Later, it's time for Sheena's birthday party. She hires a magician. I guess Lisa was busy. Um, anyway, everybody sits down for hibachi with Jonathan and Jonathan. <laughs> and Katie starts to talk to Sandoval about how she wants to be the mater d' at their new place. Now, what about light installation meets grandma's house meets acid trip gives you mater d vibes i don't understand i don't really even know what a mater d is but it doesn't seem like something that katie should or would even want to be doing but okay um lala talks about the name and asks him what the name is and Sandoval's like, well, I think it's going to be Schwartz and Sandy's. And, and then Katie and Tom like try to get, start to get into it a little bit about the fact that Tom Schwartz does not like the name. Um, so Tom comes up and he's like, oh, uh, Tom says that he bought the domain name. And uh, Schwartz is like, well, I hope you didn't buy Schwartz and Sandy's because uh, I don't really like that name. And you know, unless we're selling matzo ball soup and knishes, I don't really know why we would name it that. Now, that feels problematic. It's giving, it's giving anti-Semitism. Like, I, I just, I didn't, it made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Katie starts talking about how the name of the restaurant grates her and how it's uninspired. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In a confessional, Sandoval says, if you're going to tell me my name is uninspired, then I need some receipts, you know, of like what you've done and your executions of amazingness. (laughs) So then Tom and Tom have a talk privately and Sandoval's like, I don't care if you don't like the name. I don't care if we have a million conversations. Like we can get into it. You can have your opinions on our venture, but Katie, I don't give a fuck about what she thinks. Mm, I love it. So Lala gets up to add some like pads into her bra because she's leaking milk or whatever. And Sheena decides to take this time to talk because she feels like it's been really surfaced with them and she wants to just get down to it. This, I think, is probably one of the most legitimate conversations I've ever seen on this show. Um, Sheena starts off by saying that she feels like Lala maybe doesn't understand where she was coming from, how hard the miscarriage was for her, and that she really needed Lala that night. Lala says, when you called me, I answered every phone call from you. I offered to see you. You said no, but then you changed your mind. And by that time, I was on the way to dinner. So Lala says, I wasn't there when you wanted me to be there, but I was there for you. Sheena says, well, have you considered the fact that maybe I wasn't thinking clearly? And Lala says, I can't read your mind because when I tell people that I want to be by myself, I don't want them showing up at my house. And then Lala goes on to say that she kind of, she almost like implies that the day that the day that Lala find, found out that she was having a girl, Sheena took the opportunity to publicize that Lala was a bad friend to her and she was already depressed and that Sheena opened the door for people to say like things like, I hope you miss Carrie Ocean. And she just wanted Sheena, like if she was going to talk about how hurt she was, she wanted her to do that privately instead of publicly, which is, I think is totally fair. Sheena says she understands, but she reacted out of hurt, but she gets where Lala's coming from. And then Lala starts talking about how, like, I really wanted us to be friends through our pregnancy. That's going to be time that we're never going to be able to get back. I want our kids to be friends. And they hug each other and start crying. And so this is why I, I, I didn't enjoy this because it was two people coming from two very hurt places. If I have to say who I'm going to side with, I'm going to side a little bit more with Sheena because at the end of the day, she was the one who had a loss and I can fully understand how you would not be in your right mind and how you might want to not have anybody to talk to or not have anybody around you one second and then the next second you need somebody. Like, I totally get that. You know, as somebody who's lost my father, I definitely like that's part of or for me anyway it was part of the mourning process of like there would be times where 
I wanted to talk to like one specific person and not somebody else or like people would be reaching out to me and I just like, I just didn't want to talk to them or I didn't want to talk in that moment, but then your feelings shift and you need that. But it's also like, I understand where Lala is coming from of, I can't read your mind. I heard you. I reached out to you. I asked you to be there for me or I asked to be there or I offered to be there for you. And you said no, but then you know, I was kind of doing my thing and, you know, I just couldn't at that moment drop everything because I already was going to for you. Um, but with that being said, it's like, I mean, yes. Did Sheena open the door? I, I don't know if that's really fair to say, because at the end of the day, Everybody is responsible for themselves. So fuck those people who said that shitty stuff to you, Lala, like a hundred percent. But on the other hand, it's not necessarily Sheena's responsibility for how, for people saying shitty things to you. But I understand that she said it on a public platform and she did not have that conversation with you privately, which she should have done. I get it. What I think Lala should have done, and, you know, Lala was also, she said that she's in the point of, she was in the spiraling into her depression. So neither of these people were in a good state of mind, and both of them were, uh, for lack of a better term, selfish. And I don't mean, like, that in a bad way. I just mean they were in a place where, selfish is, I think, often used as a four-letter word, and I don't think that's true. There are many times where we have to be, quote-unquote, selfish, um, and it's for the betterment of ourselves and, you know, you know what I mean? So when I say selfish in this term, I just mean like they were in a mind frame of such like distraught feelings that they ha- were only thinking of themselves in that moment. And that's okay. But I think that maybe Sheena seemed to have more of an understanding than Lala seemed to. I don't think, whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. So Lala goes back to the table. She's clearly upset. So Raquel comes over and asks her if she's okay. In a confessional, Raquel says that she has been on the receiving end of Lala's wrath, which we all know. Um, Let's talk about all the hits. Uh, Bambi-eyed bitch. Um, What did she call her at one point? Uh, You know, just like all manner of like you're stupid, right? Um, But... She is wants to lead with compassion and empathy instead of worrying about whether or not Lala might lash out on her. I just love Raquel. And I hope we get to see a lot of her. I really do. So Lala is like, thank you for checking in with me. And Raquel says, well, you know, listen, I'm going to be honest. Going into this night, I really didn't know how to feel because I didn't know where we stand with each other. And Lala's like, well, I like you. And Raquel says, well, you know, I kind of feel like I don't even need your approval anymore. Like I did for the longest time, but I'm kind of over that. And so Lala looks at her like, where are you going with this? And she's like, are you trying to battle me right now? (laughs) It's like, no, nobody's trying to battle anybody. This isn't a break in two. This isn't step up to the streets. Like, no, there's no battle here, ma'am. So Raquel's like, no, I'm not trying to battle you right now, but you have raged at me before. And Lala's like, yeah, for sure. But I thought we were kind of on the same page about moving forward. And so then she's like, you need to be babied, right? She says this to Raquel. She's like, is that what you need? Like, you just need me to baby you a little bit? Because I can do that. And 
Raquel's like, yeah, kind of. Like, I need you to, like, just ease off of me. And so Lala's like, okay, I can do that. And you know what? Next time I feel like I want to rage at somebody, maybe I'll do it to, like, Charlie. Because she seems like a bitch that can take it. So Charlie overhears her name. She's talking to Ariana. And she asks Lala what she's talking about. And, you know, Lala explains what she was saying about how, you know, I'm going to be babying Raquel and I'll just give it to you (laughs) instead. It's like, well, how about you don't rage at anybody? Is that, why is that not an option? No raging. How about that? Um, she's, she's, I'm sick of this, like, gangster attitude. Like, you don't have to fight anybody, girl. You live in Bel Air. Give it up. You won. (laughs) You don't have to fight anybody. You get PJs for life or, like, at least the next two years until Randall finds himself bankrupt and in some sort of whirlwind of tax evasion. Um... You got the kid. Who? Why do? Why do we have to do this shit? Like, doesn't she see? Didn't you? Weren't you talking about how you have a baby and now you've got it all figured out? Like, you don't have to rage at anybody. Ugh. So Ariana pipes up and is like, "Well, you raged. You, Lala, raged at me on a podcast the other day, and I thought we were fine. So what the hell's going on?" Lala tries to use the excuse of like. She talks shit a lot because she wears her emotions on her sleeve and that Ariana is passive aggressive. And Ariana's like, but what I'm doing right now is wearing my emotions on my sleeve. Here you go. (laughs) And Lala's like, well, are you going to be quiet? Are you going to keep bumping your lips? And Ariana's like, I want to do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) So Lala gets up and, you know, everybody kind of tries to tell her, like, you know, if you had said what you had said about Ariana to me, I wouldn't like it either. And Lala starts reiterating that she and Ariana are just surface friends. And Ariana's like, are you fucking kidding me? So Lala starts saying like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And then Ariana's like, (laughs) just a series of noises, noises that I really haven't heard since the, the real housewives of Atlanta went to Africa and Marlo and Sheree got into it. They're like, who, love it I love it every time that happens um so Lala asks Ariana are you coming for me and Ariana's like no you came for me and I'm responding so Lala says you don't give a fuck about me I don't give a fuck about you is that right and Ariana's like well it wasn't right but you want it to be so bye Lala walks away. She tries to blame it on Ariana being drunk, but Ariana's like, you're gaslighting me. And, you know, like, you're just reacting to the fact that I'm standing my ground. I loved it. I loved it. What did we see, you guys? What did we see? We saw Lala think that she could get Buck. She's like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll treat you with kid gloves, uh, uh, Raquel, and I'll just put it on to Charlie. And she really thinks she's such an alpha, but she's not. Because as soon as she comes up as somebody, to somebody who is level-headed and has a case, like, why are you trying to pussy-pop your way around the fact of what you said on this podcast, girl? Like, what's the deal? You know? <laughs> um... I love it. I love to see it. She's out what out. What's the survivor um, thing? The logo out, outsmart, outwit, outmatch. That's exactly what's happening. And Lala's going to find herself with a, a tiki torch that has recently been 
un- unlit or whatever happens. I haven't watched Survivor in like 20 years, you guys, so forgive me. But with that being said, I thought this was a truly solid episode. I'm here for it. And I hope you guys join me on this journey. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.